Hi, my name is David Siegler and welcome to my podcast. Hi everybody, welcome to another podcast episode and uh, this is quite an interesting one for me because I've noticed recently that some new friends to the industry, people I've met um, walking about Progressive or at network meetings or whatever, uh, I've gone out looking for to buy property. That's what they want to do. They want to buy property. They want to source property. And what they've done is, as well as go to estate agents, they've gone and had a look at auctions, property auctions, very powerful resource. Uh, but there are pitfalls. There are problems that you can come up against uh, if you go and try and source in a property auction. So I'm going to give you Dave's, Dave's auction guide to buying in an auction and keeping yourself safe. safe. So here we go. Buying at auction can be really, really cool, but it's not necessarily easy, okay? You have to know what you're doing. You've got to do your due diligence. If you are a first-time auction buyer, this is how I suggest you do it. Do not do it the way you see it on the TV. I don't know. Homes Under the Hammer, Sarah Beanie, Kirsty and Phil, whatever. You know, you see on those programs, people do it all wrong. And then for some reason, at the end of the program, it turns out all right. It's not like that in real life. It really isn't. So I'm going to give you the foolproof guide, how to buy an auction, just a basic so that you keep safe. Now, how do I know all this stuff? Because I got it wrong. Okay, so the first time I went to buy, to an auction to buy a property, I made all the classic schoolboy errors. I did. I even asked my estate agent friend to come along with me to help me. It didn't really help, ultimately, because I'm the one that had to make the decisions. I was the one paying for the building, after all. You know, I really asked him because I was a bit nervous. Uh, I was a bit nervous because I didn't know how the auction worked, so I sought a bit of comfort in him holding my hand on that day. But really, all that it did was, and bless him for coming along, he gave up his afternoon to do it. I had to pay him for his time. It cost me £200 for him to come and hold my hand. In future, I went on my own. Um, and it didn't occur to me for a moment that having my estate agent with me might actually cost me money. Uh, but it became apparent very, very quickly that he and the auctioneer knew each other really well. So the auctioneer came over to say hello. Didn't seem to do that with everybody, anybody else in the room. This was before the auction started. By the time the conversation had finished, the auctioneer knew exactly who we were, why we were there, which lot we were interested in, and roughly how much we were prepared to pay. No, that's not how you do it, team. Now, I didn't mean to tell him those things, but it just kind of came out in the conversation that he was having with my estate agent friend. Um, I also got the impression that he already knew who we were and why we were there. It was it was all just kind of weird, really. So do not do that. Go on your own. Don't talk to anyone. Let's move forward. Now, the other schoolboy haller that we made is when the auction started, we chose to sit in the front row. When you attend an auction, never sit in the front row. Always sit or stand at the back of the room. I like to stand now at the back of the room. Why? Because you can see what's going on in the room. And if you're standing, you can move a little bit to get a bit of better view. 
Now, we were stuck at the front. And if I'm honest, there seemed to be just an inordinate amount of interest in our lot. People appeared to be bidding from all over the room. It struck me really, really strange. Let me explain. Because this was still at a time when I had a retail business. And uh, we had a shop, one shop, in the middle of a parade of shops, in quite a strong secondary trading position. That's what it was at the time. Now, the freeholder of the block of shops put the whole block up for sale, but he was happy to sell them as individual units. Several of those shops in the block were offered on this particular day in the auction. So my point is that these shops were pretty much identical in size, and there are about 12 or so in the block. We were the only existing tenant trader from one of the shops who came to the auction. And uh, the reason we went was we wanted to buy the long lease. They were offering a 999-year lease, virtually a freehold interest. The other traders in the Parado shops did not come. Now, all of the units were sold subject to the existing leases, so all the traders were uh, secure, their businesses were secure, but the carrot for us was to acquire a virtual freehold interest. Now, I was new to property at the time, my knowledge was limited, but one thing I did know was the acquisition of an asset like this over time would transform our balance sheet for the better. So it was good to acquire freehold premises. It was, and that's why we went to the auction. As the value of the asset rose in future, we could use it to secure lending from our our banks, other lenders. Maybe this wasn't something the other traders wanted to do. Maybe they couldn't raise the money. Who knows? But we were there on our own. Now, we sat through several lots. The auction was quite active. And finally, the point in the auction was reached where this parade of shops was being offered. The bidding was very quiet. There did not seem to be a lot of interest in any of the other units in our block of shops. Some of the units in the parade didn't even sell. They never got to a reserve price. There was clearly a reserve price in place, but they didn't even sell. Then suddenly they got to our unit. Now, from what I'd seen, interest in these units was very, very limited. The prices offered were quite low. And do you know what? I was quite excited. I thought we might be able to buy our shop unit at a very reasonable price. Very reasonable price. However, as soon as our unit came to the auction and was offered, bidding just took off. I couldn't see who was bidding. I was stuck at the front. I couldn't turn around and look at the crowd to try and spot who it was. You just don't do that, right? We just kept bidding and then someone else from behind us kept bidding right back. We we had to keep on bidding. You know, we hadn't come all this way to lose. We hadn't. So we got a bit emotional about our choice. This was another mistake. The bidding reached a level that none of the other units in the block had achieved. The bidding exceeded our target offer, but we kept going. Finally, finally the gavel came down and we had bought the most expensive shot unit on the parade. So that is how not to do it, team. Don't do it like that. I'm going to help you guys because I've made the error and I'm going to explain to you how to do it if you're doing it for the very first time. This is what you should do 
and the order in which you should do it. So first of all, pre-auction, we're talking two or three weeks before an auction, go online and register with all the auction houses that operate in your area. Now, you will get the occasional time when a property in your area is offered by an auction house that is not in your area. You will not see it if you're not registered with that particular auction house. You just have to keep your eyes and ears open in those circumstances. But usually the bigger auction houses have a, an auction in your area every couple of months or so. They publish the catalogue online. You can download it and you can have a trawl through it. At this point, we've spent no money. It's absolutely cool. Maybe you can find a couple of properties in the catalogue that you like. Here's what you should do. Ring the auction house. Book a viewing. Now, what auction houses usually do, they have block viewing dates. So it's likely they will have allocated three or four specific times and dates for these viewings. You have to be available at those times and dates to view the property. Uh, they won't do it at other times just to accommodate you. It's also very probable that you will not be viewing alone. These will be group viewings. Other people who may have an interest in buying the property, the house, whatever it is, they will be there with you, shoulder to shoulder. Now, do not let this put you off or intimidate you, because most of the people you see on the viewing will not be in the auction hall and bidding. They won't. By the time you get to the auction room, you'll just have a few people bidding. They are your true competitions, not the people who you meet at the viewing. So you've registered, you've been to view the property. What do you do now? You download the legal pack from the auction house. This is a very important document. If you're interested in this property, you need to have a look at the legal pack. It will contain any and all legal issues, any threats to the ownership of this property, any problems structurally that may be uh, in place on the property, you will find it in the legal pack. Now, you might not find first time out that you are qualified to fully analyse and digest the material in the pack. In truth, if you are just starting out, you're probably not, right? You should show it to a solicitor. You have to. Yes, there's going to be a cost to this. And if you don't go on and buy the house, then um, you can view that as wasted money, but it will save you tens of thousands of pounds if, if you get it wrong right? So this is an investment. This is not a cost. The other thing you need to factor in is that your solicitor might be busy. You know, solicitors have other clients, uh, but you want them to look at the legal pack because you've got the auction pressing and it's coming up in a few days and you want to, you want to know all the information. You have to factor all that in. As they have other clients, you have to act quickly and make sure you get your advice before the auction. Go and talk to your solicitor, right? Now, the auction day has arrived. Time has moved on. Here is where you should be in preparation for the sale. You've spotted a property. You've been to view that property. You've downloaded and read the legal pack. You've got advice where and as you need it. Now you've got to look at the numbers. Now, the numbers will be different 
depending on where you're based geographically. Now, I worked a lot in the Northwest. My numbers were very well defined. I had to buy the house cheaply enough to pay all the costs of the acquisition plus the refurbishment and upgrades that I had planned. Then I had to look at the selling costs and factor those in because I was going to resale, I was going to flip the house from the auction for a profit. Now, once all of that, those figures are factored in, I needed to buy the house so that I would make a margin of 20% net on my investment. Write that down. 20% net after all costs. That's your target. Just to clarify, what that means is if a property costs in total a nice round £100,000, then I need to walk away with a profit of £20,000 net. This sum also gives me an indication of my buying price. So I'm going to share something with you which is really, really important. I've not seen it taught elsewhere, but it stood me in good stead. I'm going to share it with you now. Experience has told me that over time, when you are buying a property to flip, then your highest bid can be no more than 60 pence in the pound of the final refurbished value of the property. If you pay any more than this, then usually your margin will be under threat and the project may not give you a decent profit. Okay, so let me let me deep dive into this. What do I mean by 60p in the pound of the refurbished value? Well, in this example, it's quite straightforward. Okay, so we're talking about a £100,000 house and we are hoping to generate a resale of the updated, refurbished, brand new uh, type property of around £120,000. Okay, there's our margin in there. So as a rule of thumb, I have to purchase at 60%, 60p in the pound of grand. That means a purchase price of no more than £72,000. My profit is to be £20,000. We know that, and we write that in first. 72 plus 20, £92,000. That means that the 28000 remaining in the deal is what is required to pay all the transaction costs, your solicitor's fees, any taxes that are due, including stamp duty, your buying fees, your selling fees, your finance costs, your refurbishment costs, everything. Cool. So listen to this bit again if you didn't get it straight, but write it down. It's absolutely key. Now, a 20% return can be quite demanding wherever you're based in the UK. If you are buying a higher value property, maybe in the southeast of England, then you might be tempted to move away from the 60p in the pound rule and look instead for a bespoke profit figure, a profit target for this particular bill, uh, particular deal. Now, for instance, 20% profit on a half a million pound house is a big profit. You may be happy to work for less in those circumstances and decide that maybe a £50,000 profit may suffice in that case. So be very careful 
You need to be realistic about the predictions for your figures to ensure that the deal works. But whatever margin you're looking for, the best way to make sure you get a great result is to do your calculations with respect to the figures with three possible outcomes for each scenario. We're going to talk about doing our sums, working out our figures based on three selling prices, on three different prices you might get on the day when you sell, and what you get on the day when you sell is what dictates your profit. Everybody with me. So you want three different columns on a bit of paper. You want your first outcome. Your first outcome would be if you buy at your figure, all the refurbishment runs to plan to the penny, and then you sell at your projected selling price. That would be a perfect scenario. You would secure the maximum return on your project. Other things that could happen in this scenario are on a day like that is that the sun would shine every single day forever and ever. Your life will be full of happy, smiley faces at all times. I might go and win the British Open Golf Championship and West Ham United could win the Premiership title. That is the sort of day that that is when you sell your house. Very, very optimistic figures. Make sure you know that they're optimistic. Then you need to base your figures, column two on a different scenario. Maybe on this day it's rainy and miserable. All the news on the TV is bad. The property market might have taken a sudden dive since you bought the house and refurbished it, and you were in the middle of the project. Tumbleweed is blowing up the high street and the economy's in decline. And, worst of all, West Ham United might still win the Premiership. Finally, you need a third column. In this column, you need to base your figures that are achievable, realistic, and unsurprising. So this column has figures that are between, in between the other two columns. Find a number in the middle that you believe will be achieved, and then have a look to see if you've got your 20% margin. Really, really important you will soon get an idea as to whether the project will work. But it's very important to do all three calculations. Don't take a shortcut because you've got to make sure you've got an overview of the numbers. If you do all three calculations, do exactly as I have told you to do it, then that will keep you safe. And that is my main objective here, keeping you safe. Once you've got the numbers pretty well set in your head, you can work out what to bid. You will have a maximum figure that you can go to in the bidding in order to make the project work. Do not exceed that figure. The issue is that once the bidding takes off, you might be tempted to go a little bit further to try and secure your deal. I understand that. I've done it myself, but it's poor practice. You've got to be disciplined. You've got to be firm. Don't get emotional. If you completed the exercise where you've got the three columns with three figures in them, then you will know how much you can bid. Right? There is a reason why that is the number. 
If you go over that number, if you exceed that calculation, the viability of the project is in threat. At the very least, your profit will be reduced. Do not get suckered in. There is always, always another deal. So now you're ready. Go along to the auction room. If you're planning to bid, then you need to register with the auctioneer's team. They will take your details and give you a paddle with your name or number on it. And you need to raise the paddle to make a bid. There is a very definite process for you to make a bid. Do not worry about mythical tales of scratching your nose or sneezing absentmindedly. And uh, as a result, you've bought a house. That will not happen, right? In fact, sometimes you have to make a concerted effort to be seen. You know, maybe in a busy room, the auctioneer might not see you for a moment or two. However, he will have assistants around the room who will see you and they will guide him to you so you can bid. I say him because in my experience, the role of auctioneer seems to be dominated by men. I, I don't understand why that should be. And uh, I hereby apologise to all lady auctioneers that I have not seen in action at this point. Uh, but if you're out there, I've not seen you. I will come and watch you. Now, another really important resource that you will be introduced to at registration when you go and register with the auctioneer are the professional teams that are brought in by the auctioneer to assist prospective purchasers in the room. They know that people are going to bid emotionally and buy things they didn't intend to do before they came to the auction. They want to make sure they've got all the service providers in the room. Now, you, of course, will not uh, be in that position. You will have already put your power team in place and have everything you need together to move forward professionally. Uh, but, you know, for my part, I always find it interesting to speak to the firms who have come along to support the auction, support those people who want to make a sale who are not prepared. So you're going to meet solicitors, local solicitors, mortgage brokers, property insurance specialists, local bridging companies, very active in auction purchases. The local bridging firms are particularly interesting because they have great experience. They know a lot of people. They know a lot of things. You know, many of them, in my experience, are kind of family-run operations. You know, and with their help, many millionaires have been made over a period of time. So you should speak to them. Alliances can be formed. Go to the back of the room. Talk to the people. Okay, so where are we now? At last, you're in the room. You're holding your paddle. You're waiting for your lot. Now, the lot that you're interested in has arrived and we're ready to go. How do you bid? Should you jump in at the beginning or should you just sit back, watch, wait and see how it goes? There's no right or wrong here. Some say you should get in early, declare your serious intent to the room in no uncertain terms and sort of try and frighten off the opposition with your determination. I tend to take a slightly different view. I do. Um, I will wait to see what happens. I'll watch who is bidding. Remember, you're standing at the back. You're not at the front. You want to have a really great view. So at some stage, you're watching the bidding and the bidding will start to slow down. There might only be two bidders left 
in the race now, and one of them is starting to become a little bit more thoughtful between bids. That is the time to join in. So the psychology of this is that suddenly you have revealed yourself as a new bidder. The person who's become more thoughtful and and clearly reaching the limit of their bidding threshold will be now be a bit more demoralised because they can see they're nearly at their maximum bid for the lot and now, for the first time, you've come in and the realisation hits them that they cannot win. On the other hand, the other bidder was starting to feel quite happy because they too could see that the... uh, The opposition had slowed down, was getting more thoughtful. But now suddenly you jumped in, revealed your hand, and they're going to have to beat you down if they're going to win the property. Psychologically, you're in the right place. So, auction bids. In summary, you've got to do your preparation. Get the numbers right. Start in advance. Get your power team together. Make sure you do the calculations correctly. And the other thing you have to do is do your calculations correctly. I cannot overstress how important it is to get your numbers right and do not get emotional. So I hope that's helped. It's a a quick run through my experience of buying at auction. You can buy at auction as well. I've no doubt we'll come back to this again at some point. But get yourself out there, start visiting your local auctions, see what happens. Don't put your hand up. It's for research only. It's going to be great. Thank you for listening. I am David Siegler. See you on the next episode.